Hey, this is Dave Pryor for Drunken PM Radio. Today on the podcast, I've got Edward Kay, and we're going to be talking about different ways that Edward has found to help digital agencies employ agile practices. So Edward wrote an article a while back called uh, 10 Agile Methods for Agencies, and we're going to be talking about that and some of the things that he's learned along the way. Before we get to that, I want to explain why I've been doing all these interviews with folks who are trying to employ digital in the agency model. In a couple weeks, I'm going to be in Las Vegas for the 5th Digital PM Summit. It's taking place October 15th through 17th, and the talk that I'm giving there is all about how to hack Agile to make it work in a digital agency. So there's a lot of things about the agency model that just kind of inherently rub up the wrong way against Agile. So what I'm going to be talking about in the session are different ways that I have found and other people have found take agile practices and make them work in a digital model. So check out the Digital PM Summit. It is an amazing conference. I've been to four of the last five, and I always come away very invigorated and enriched. It's a very young crowd. It's not too big. It's only a couple hundred people. Um, It's a really nice atmosphere of people who are just excited about practicing their craft. And one of the things that's really neat to me is there's not this whole debate about, you know, is it traditional? Is it more agile? Is it a hybrid thing? Nobody really cares. They're just trying to find different ways to bring the stuff together and make it work. So um, if you're interested in checking that out, you can go to bureauofdigital.com slash summit slash digital hyphen PM hyphen 2017. I will make sure to include a link to that in show notes, as well as a link to Edward Kay's article on 10 Agile Methods for Agencies. All right, I got one last thing before we get to the interview with Edward Kay. If you're going to be in Las Vegas for the Digital PM Summit, or you live in Las Vegas, or you need something to do the week of October 14th, or you need a reason to go to Las Vegas the week of October 14th, I'm going to be doing a special certified Scrum Master class right before the Digital PM Summit. So if you're curious about that, you can follow the link in the show notes. We've got special discounted pricing you can get through the Bureau of Digital, the people putting on the conference, or you can hit me up on Twitter and I'll make sure to get you that information. It's two days. What I'm hoping is that it's going to be full of digital PMs and we can talk all about Scrum and you know all the required material you need to become a CSM, but really focus on how that fits in the context of digital. So I'm hoping that it'll be able to kind of fold into the session I'm doing at the conference. So if you're curious about that, follow the link at the bottom. Please try to check it out. And just in case you weren't aware, something major happened in project management last week. The sixth edition of the PMBOK came out. So that only happens every couple of years. And that is a pretty big deal. They put a lot of time and effort into revising it. You can go to PMI.org. You can download a PDF of the sixth edition of the Guide to the Project Management Body of Knowledge. You can also order a hard copy. But the more exciting thing is that the Agile Practice Guide came out. And that's a really big deal. It's kind of like two worlds colliding. The Agile Alliance and PMI got some folks together, and they've both signed off on this document, this book. So you can download a PDF of it. You can order a hard copy as well. And you can read all about how PMI and the Agile Alliance recommend that you take Agile practices and put them into play if you are coming from this traditional background. So I've done some interviews with folks who worked on this. I'm going to include links to them in in the bottom of this podcast. Um, I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but I know a lot of the folks who worked on it. I'm really excited to check it out. So I would encourage you to go to PMI.org, download the Agile Practice Guide, or you can order a hard copy as well. Um, And if you want, if you've read it already, you could post any comments you have on here. I would love to know what you think of it. And that's it. So here we go. On with the interview with Edward Kay.
Hey, this is Dave Pryor on the Reluctant Agilist for projectmanagement.com. I've got another podcast coming up. This one is also going to focus on the idea of what aspects of Agile can be applied in a digital environment. And Edward Kay from Tall Projects has taken some time out of his, it's evening for you, right? Because you're across the water. Um, late afternoon now. Late afternoon, okay. Yeah, still I'm working ahead of myself. All right, cool. Well, thank you for taking time out of your day for this. So, um, I, I, when I was started to do research for the for some of the stuff that I'm working on, um, I found the article that that Edward wrote about um, ten agile methods for agencies, and that's kind of what started this conversation and where you're beginning from, or where we're beginning from. But um, before we get into the actual topic, Edward, can you talk a little bit about your background and a little bit about the work that you do at Tall Projects? Sure. And um, firstly, thanks. Hi, Dave, and um, everyone else. It's nice to nice to be here talking about these things. So, uh, so yeah, I run Tall Projects. I started Tall Projects in 2014. Uh, prior to that, my, my background is as a, a developer, so computer science degree, then worked um, for a number of years building web apps um, for a small uh, commercial organization. I then switched to um, a digital agency around 2008, uh, where I worked there for six years as head of production. And that's where I really sort of got to know the the, you know, the pros and cons of different ways of working and delivering um, digital projects. Uh, and, and largely, you know, that's why I sort of found, found the, the, uh, the capacity to experiment and find out the, uh, you know, the, the tips that I've, I've got in my um, uh, list on that you're, you're referring to. Okay. So were you already doing agile work before you got to the agency? Um, a little bit in as much as it was very, it was an SME. So, you know, we, we weren't sort of stuck to um, sort of large sort of integrated plans for a, a large sort of corporate body. It was, it was very much sort of um, responding to customer demand. Um, okay. But when, uh, but it, yeah, well, it wasn't agile in the sense of, um, of the way that sort of you and I and um, everyone would sort of recognize. And, like you, know, you went today. off to the camp and drank all the Kool-Aid and came back with special clothes. <laughs> yeah. So when you go into organizations now and you're doing work um, for them for in digital organizations, can you can you talk a little bit about um, their desire for agile? Like, where does that come from, or is it something that you're bringing in the door? No, it's well, it's kind of a bit of both. I mean, when I when I work with um, with organizations now, as I consult to tool projects, it's typically um, organizations who I've had conversation with. Um, much along these lines, and they kind of go, yeah, I think we could be better. They're, they're aware that um, either things slip through the cracks or people are a little bit stressed at, at points. They don't have that sort of visibility that um, everyone wants. And you know, they they may, it's the, the, the old swan analogy, they may give off the, the impression of everything being cool, cool calm and collected, but you know, frantically under the, um, you yeah. know, behind, behind the curtain, everything sort of just holding together just as fast as they could it's, it's much more firefighting than that um yeah the, the the image they have when they set up in business of having like this sort of well-oiled machine that just does everything um sort of perfectly so when you know when when we start uh, that conversation they're, they're always looking for how do we get better and, and i generally find that you know, these are business owners who have a a desire a genuine desire to make their businesses better and make it nicer for their employees and, and deliver better results for their clients. Um, but perhaps they're not always looking 
in the right way, or they're, or more specifically, they're um, they're often looking for or approaching that search with a what what system can I buy into, or what product yeah. can I can I purchase that suddenly you know within two weeks time just effectively throws everything up in the air and it all lands down uh, again in this sort of perfectly organised manner, um, and and they think that you know, there is a definitive way for how knowledge work should be managed uh, but as as we all know that yeah that doesn't exist um yeah. there, are, there are absolutely sort of good practices but it's uh, you know that there's no one true way that everyone can um can just adopt and suddenly everything's perfect for for their business so i want to i want to back up a little bit and ask you before we talk about the the fact that there isn't one true way i want to ask you about something you just mentioned um these are the digital agencies. I mean, I'm assuming most of your clients are kind of small to mid-size. Is that fair to say, or are they kind of all over? Yes. No. 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 They what you know, class as SMEs. Okay. So, so they want something to be different, and they've you know read some article in Harvard Business Review or some magazine about Agile. Do you think it it is a fair thing to say that they want their world to be slightly different? But that doesn't necessarily mean they're willing to give up eating sugar and all the junk food and everything. And they just want it to be different. They don't necessarily want to go through the process of making it different. To a point, yeah. Um, okay. I think that there's there's absolutely a kind of desire to um, to, to to be better, to improve. Um, but you're right that sometimes it's a case of well, we know we should be doing certain things, but it's seen as perhaps a little bit hard, and it's it's always easy to put it off until tomorrow. Do you think they have awareness of what um, level of effort will be required for them to change? You know, from whatever they are into an organization that can ac- actually support some kind of agile approach. And um, well, I, th- I think that certainly most of the digital agencies that I uh, I consult with they've they're they're, they're they're open to agile and to a certain extent they've already by choice or not uh, um, sort of adopting a number of sort of agile processes or approaches right. in just in the nature of sort of needing to sort of constantly adapt and change to um, you know the, to client requirements and uh, and the way that sort of projects um, sort of vary over time um, those that try to be less agile and much more sort of traditional in their approaches um, and find that they're either um, sort of wasting a lot of time redoing work because um, you know, they're going through sort of laborious sort of change request processes and um, and trying to sort of back up that way or they're um, you know they they quite often have no process so it's not that they've got a traditional process and they're trying to transition to agile it's more that they've got a um, a very ad hoc way of working and they're looking to find ways to make that better and perhaps a little bit more consistent among their, uh, their, their employees. Okay. All right. And when you're, when you start to work with the organizations, is it something, I mean, you mentioned that they're starting to use these practices. Is that something that's occurring at, at all levels or is it just dig down at the team level? No, it's, it's usually down at the team level. Okay. So, so there'll be sort of you know maybe one or two employees who kind of they're the ones who've sort of read a few articles and they're sort of tr- or, or they fired they've up. Yeah, or yeah. they or they or, or you know 
that was probably the case a few years ago. Now it's more likely that they've they've come in from 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 other agencies or other businesses, and they've got ideas that they want to implement. And now it's okay. a case of um, you know actually making those those ideas sort of consistent and and adopted across the the wider team, and um, and, and making sure that everyone's sort of um, you know, pulling in the same direction. Okay, so so then my next question is, which of these two is more a more accurate description of what happens. Uh, management sees that the teams are trying to do Agile and realizes they need more help, so you're brought in as a transformation consultant. Or um, some some folks on the team want to do Agile, you're brought in as a project manager. You see that they want to do Agile, you start to help them with that, and that means that you're having to do the transformation coaching and consultation kind of under the table um, to get everybody on board with it. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, usually the former. Okay. Um, Good. Okay. But the, the the but then there are you know there's obviously clients in, in both camps. Um, and, yeah. And a lot of and so often some of the work I I like to do depending on on the client is to um, I, I'm very conscious about delivering value in what I do and sometimes for for some for some clients it's more appropriate to um, sort of have more of a hybrid role where it's sort of almost like training by doing so I, I join them and I, I help them deliver specific projects as a way of coaching them um, so okay. that you know it's 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 much more sort of evident as to you know, how, how these processes work in practice rather than being just you know too theoretical. Okay. Now, now in the article that you wrote, which I'm going to have a link to in in the show notes, um, you've got this list of ten things, and number one is that there is no one true way. Like nothing is set in stone. Um, how does that play out when you walk in and they're like, "Okay, you're the agile guy. How should we do stuff?" And you're like, "Well, you know, well, well there's no, we do whatever. You know, it depends." Um, <laughs> if I'm paying you a couple, you know, a couple, a lot of money an hour, that's going to make me a little nervous. If you're just like, well, we'll see. Um, how do <laughs> yeah. you deal with that conversation? Yeah, sure. Well, it's, it, it's it, obviously it's, it's not a kind of well, kind of we'll, we'll make it up as we go along or yeah. <laughs> whatever. I don't know, kind of approach. It's it's more just trying to sort of coach them away from this this idea that there is a box product and I'm just helping them pick between the red, green, or blue one. Um, okay. It's it's very much a case of yeah, the, the, we've got a number of approaches and tools and practices that we can that we can draw upon. Um, but what we need to do is find out what are the um, what are the key challenges that are facing your business at the moment, and how can we use those tools to to address those challenges? Okay. And what are some of the more common challenges that you see in um, digital agencies trying to do this? So the this there's two kind of critical ones that I see sort of time and again. One is having a, if you like, a portfolio view of what's going on in the business. So if, they, okay. so if, you're, if you're working on a sort of digital agency, so this is um, or any sort of knowledge-based business, so you know, they've, they've got sort of some some clients are on um, retainer to, to do sort of service requests and just sort of a long-term relationship. Then there are some sort of you know, flagship projects that are going on, say, build a new website or deliver a new campaign for um, for, for a client that's, that's been won. Um, then there are sort of small side projects projects um, that are um, for either sort of smaller smaller clients and um, and then there's there's the whole kind of concept of you know the the business development side so what are the what are the leads they're nurturing and how are they fitting it and a lot of 
a lot of agencies, a lot of the business I work with have very uh, limited, if no, <laughs> big picture of all of that. <laughs> I don't know. I they have a whiteboard and they list all the clients' names on the whiteboard, <laughs> right? Yeah, well, well, that's some do, but then when they when they've got multiple <laughs> locations and you're trying to take photos of that whiteboard or you're you're trying to assign bits of work and things like that. And but but no, that's that's the one that I I see it time and again is that it's. Um, it's typically the, the project manager would know a lot about their clients and their specific bits, but there's but no sharing the whole portfolio. Yeah. So this to me sounds more like a maturity issue in terms of digital agencies. That that is not an agile thing or a waterfall thing. It's just they're not they haven't evolved to a state where there is a natural way of looking at things across the portfolio. Yeah, I think that's a that's a fair assumption, and I, and I think that's a that's kind of also the crux of what I sort of get at in, in my article is that people are are looking for for that mature process of how modern businesses work. But the, the point is that we're we're new. So we're, you know, I still class digital as a, as an, an emerging sector compared to yeah. given the sort of rate of change, and that you know people haven't worked out those tried and trusted routes. Um, you know the the that sort of curve of um, a sort of innovation is, is, is certainly not flattened off yet. It's, you know, it's still very steep where you know, things are changing every day. Yeah. So you talk about in the article about different ways of measuring. Are you, can you comment on that? Because I thought that was interesting that you called out um, qualitative and quantitative separately. It sounds a little bit PMI-ish, which makes me feel good, but I don't know about other folks. Um, but can you, can you comment on what, what you're suggesting there? Sure. So any sort of process or, or way of working needs to be done to the to benefit um, you know the business that that it's being implemented in. And by that I mean it needs to it needs to impact you know obviously the profitability um, and and you know, financials because these are sort of typically commercial organisations. But it also needs to um, to balance that alongside the, the more human aspects around sort of making sure that employees are comfortable and you know not too stressed out and they, they know where things are going and giving you know empowering them to to build their um, their career within that firm and not sort of you know, switch shop and change too much. Um, okay. And and of course then you know, delivering very strong sort of client value to, to things. So where where I'm going with those um, metrics are are trying to do it on a at that um, sort of higher, higher sort of business level that you know um, any sort of you know FD or so would understand. Um, sure, there are you know agile specific metrics, you know velocities and um, um, you know and such like that you can use for sort of predicting sort of completion dates for for projects sure. if you've got that. But in my experience, and certainly when you're talking about agency side of things, because of the external dependencies, i.e., sort of the clients that you're working with. Um, those those sort of predictability measures are <laughs> you can't, you can't uh, predict when they're going to come back with feedback. No, exactly, and, and they yeah. they they're not. You you can produce some numbers and perhaps some fancy charts, but do they ever do they actually deliver? You know, it, are they the data that allow you to um, be a data driven? Is it is it valuable to the customer or to anybody in a decision yeah, exactly. place? Do, yeah, does it provide value for decision making? Um, no, not as much as. Um, as other things that you can you could measure, such as um, the ones I listed in the article around sort of you know, revenue per head, revenue per client, um, and opportunity cost per client, and then 
um, on the sort of qualitative side of things, just you know, much more softer measures, but you know, how are how are staff feeling about their work and um, are people engaged in what we're doing? You know, do we feel like we're delivering good quality work each time? So I want to ask you a question about that because to me, um, I, I am a very traditional, I mean, come from a very traditional PM background, like PMP, top PMP certification, all that stuff. And the notion of tracking happiness seems like, oh, well, why don't we just smoke crack at work? Like, I just don't understand why anyone, why that matters. And till I did it on a project, and it was probably the single greatest learning experience about how I work that I've ever had. Just having to look at that and see how I react to different things and what choices I'm making and why. Um, how When you're having that conversation with an agency, after you get past the, well, you know, we'll see how it goes. I have some stuff we'll try. And they say, how are you going to measure it? Well, we're going to see if people happy. Are they happy? Um <laughs> how do you how do you have that conversation? How do you convince yeah. somebody to do that at the executive level? So over in the UK, we have something called like investors in people, and that's a kind okay. of it's a badge that organisations can have around um, sort of do they supply sort of training and uh, sort of um, general sort of um, do they care about employee engagement? Do they see them as people, or is it um, are, are they just sort of automata that resources that work? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> And there's uh, really is when when I've worked with um, teams of teams of um, creatives and developers to to deliver big di- digital projects. There was in the past there was always quite a sort of attention with different people doing different things. And, you know, there's, you knew that some it wasn't perfect, but no one really had any sort of sense of how to make it better. Okay. Um, and the I'll, I'll be honest. A lot of the sort of the the personal side of um, improvements that that come with the work that I do, it's not where yeah that's that's not my sort of traditional um, sort of forte of where I would um, sort of stake my claim. That's it's it's a it's a very positive side effect. Um, but it's it's through doing the more sort of process driven sort of measurement work uh, and understanding where things are going and then. When I, when there is a data point to talk about, sort of you know, discussing that with an individual and sort of understanding those things, that's where learnings come through. With like, well, I didn't understand the broader scope of the project, which is why we wasted you know all these time kind of going down a blind alley or sure. and, and things. Like, and it's and it's those sorts of um, nuggets of information that once you sort of start sort of you've got you've got a point of information to discuss with someone, and you just go. I want to learn more about it, and then they give you that feedback. That that in itself is very valuable. But then the the real um, sort of organisational benefit that comes is when you can kind of collect a few of those, uh, spot to start to spot a few trends, and then think about well, you know, we've we've got a challenge here. How do we um, how do we solve it? And then um, you know, adapt your your processes to try and improve that um, that pain point. And then, when you see the results of that, and you do see that those improvements have come, that you then find that those you know, whatever those frustrations were that those people had, um, sort of disappear. So they're in a, okay. They feel happier in themselves um, because you know, you've removed a pain point at work. Um, and then, additionally, they um, I, I find that you know, that increases their engagement through, you know, they feel empowered to suggest yeah. other improvements because, you know, you, their voice has been listened to. Yeah. And they're going to be more committed to what they're doing. Okay. 
Cool. Um, so does that mean that are you doing in like retrospectives, like any kind of happiness tracking at the individual level or um, anything like that? So we, well, I have done that in, in past with sort of project retrospectives, but I tend to try and do it more, um, more loosely than sort of, you know, the, the kind of formalized at the end of, um, at the end of a period, sort of how yeah. are you feeling? Um, yeah, one to ten, gen- how happy are you? Kind yeah, of. Yeah, exactly. But it's but also just just kind of once you kind of pick up on this, you think it's something that you need to sort of tune into. Think, you know, daily stand ups and things. How are, how do people sound? Are they sort of you know are they jumping in to help other people who've got engaged, or are they just sort of standing there, sort of looking at their shoes and um, sort of just muttering when it comes to their turn or so. Yeah. And then when when you, when you pick up on those traits, then you know you might just you might just kind of catch them on the way out and say, you know, do you want to go for a walk? Should we have a quick chat about things and see if there's anything bothering them? Because it may be nothing to do with work. <laughs> but okay. just you know, it's that comes down to looking at personnel management and stuff. Yeah. Okay. So I I've got two that I want to ask you about at the same time. In your list Number seven talks about breaking the projects down into units of value. And number nine talks about limiting whip. And I was talking to somebody yesterday who that's like the biggest, those two things together are like the, the Gordian knot that they can't figure out how to untie because they're used to looking at work in terms of it's a three week campaign. That's, that's how much work it is. And they can't see how to break it down. They don't understand how to quantify value. And the concept of limiting whip, I mean, I think in general at a digital agency, the concept of limiting whip is almost heresy because most of them, because you've got these delays with clients responding to stuff, everybody's working on seven things at once. Mm-hmm. So is, is that is that your experience? I don't know. I might be, you know, leaning no, on it too much, but. No, no, no. I think that's um, absolutely the, the, the experience there. So just to kind of. Um, Jumping on on the first one about breaking projects down, so yeah. that that kind of comes from um, you know prior to sort of making these changes, you know, you'd, you'd go through the process. You you get a, um, a a potential client coming in saying we want we want this, and you've you've got to cost it up, and then it was it would be typically internally when you're kind of working out your cost structures, you'd be working it out on. Um, on sort of skill sets of like, oh, we'll, we'll need you know a backend developer for X days and a designer for Y days and a PM for you know 10, 20 percent of the time, and it's, right. it, it, it it was it was very much sort of you know finger in the wind sort of estimating um, based on kind of typical projects. Which then when you kind of go back to the client and you say, well, we've allocated you this these this number of days, the client themselves kind of go, is that right? Was not, you know, some of them will be more savvy and go, well, I kind of, have, you know, they've run other projects and they kind of get an idea of how many days certain things take, but it doesn't really give um, give them the sort of um, data that they really need to to understand where the sort of complexity and where the um, uh, the challenges in a in a project are. Okay. Um. So where where I sort of came from there, so well, actually. What is it that the the client is paying for? What is it we're delivering that they that they value? So if you you, you talk about a three week campaign or so, um, so let's say that that's got um, um, perhaps some 
some digital content uh, around it. So, you know, we're, we might even be building a, a specific website for it and then uh, doing some content development to put onto that website. And then there's some, say, digital marketing um, parts to that. Um, it's, it's identifying those as the, um, the deliverables. So you say, you know, you're asking, you're asking for these outcomes. We've our plan to um, to deliver those outcomes is through you know, these um, four or five deliverables, and then you can um, you break that project down into those specific deliverables and come up with a um, uh, you know a costing and thus a price for for each of those. Does that does that make sense? Or does that yeah? Help it's, <laughs> so there was something you said. Sorry for pausing for that. There was something you said that I've been kind of stuck on since since you said it. It was a few minutes ago. Um, you talked about them, you know, wanting to look at, at the schedule or whatever, and some of them being more savvy. And there's this voice in the back of my head that's going, who the hell are they to come tell me how long something should take? And that gets me to the whole thing about the team owning the work. But mm-hmm. where I ended up was, so this is an interesting maybe conflict. The client, like you said, they want the outcome. They want the results or the deliverable. But we write the contract most of the time so that it's built in hours and i mean however we allocate time in a schedule is it should be irrelevant to a client as long as they get the outcome mm-hmm. but i'm wondering how much our contracting process and just the cultural history has led them to feel as though they're not really paying for the outcome they're paying for the hours of labor that are applied mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the, the whole the whole value based pricing approach is, I know it's a sort of hot topic at the moment. It's what everyone would love to, yeah, you know, everyone would love to kind of go. Oh, actually, I can do really great days work, but that's super valuable to the client, so I can you know charge way more. You know, the day yeah. rate on that would look you know astounding. You know, and there are people who do that, but if you look at the people who do that, that's because they've established a very firm niche. Where yeah, they can, rock stars already, they can exactly, get away with it. and but they're very yeah. they're very very focused on what they're doing. Whereas if you if you're talking about sort of a digital agency, and certainly a digital agency that employs a number of people, um, and you know potentially purports to be sort of full service, i.e., just come to us and we'll do all of your um, yeah digital stuff, then by definition you're not a niche. <laughs> yeah, you're 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 kind of you're spreading Back yourself quite like broad. Yeah. And you've got lots more, which um, leads to you know, value-based pricing in that sense becomes much, much harder because you're not um, doing the same thing that often. It's it's very much a kind of, you know, you've got a process and where, you know, you, you apply that process to meet a, a, you know, an individual client's needs who is likely to be quite different to, um, you know, to the next client or, or so. So are you, are you teaching them to assess value at the project deliverable level? And if so, is it, are you using like cost of delay? Is there some specific technique that's helping you determine value? Uh, there are certainly um, some of the, some of those um, uh, metrics do come into play when it comes to prioritizing features. So this is, this, this is a three week project we're talking about. It doesn't, sure. you know, that's too small to When you're talking about, um, um, you know, so I managed the University of Oxford's website redevelopment a few years ago. Yeah, that was a, um, you know, a many month project with, you know, um, sort of 80, 90 different deliverables in it. Um, that's when you can kind of 
come you know those sorts of metrics come in around sort of which ones do we prioritize and how do we okay. uh, how do we deliver but what what i'm really getting at um, um in in this context is breaking the project down into small into mini projects in their own right so that example okay. so you know, if, you've, if you've got that big campaign that you're doing for three weeks well actually we could see that the email marketing element of it you know a client might come to us for for just that you know, yes yeah. kind of like a little project so then then it means that your sort of larger projects are no more difficult to manage than just a series of small projects that you know if, you, if you've got a project that lasts I, and I also talk about sort of features being okay. in the order of, or deliverables in the order of sort of, you know, maybe two to five days of effort, because they're kind yeah. of easy enough to kind of quantify, but you're not doing two to five days of, or, you know, of one specific work type of design yeah, yeah. that's going to feed into something else. It's like, you no, know, that two to five days is we've produced, you know, um, a piece of content that you can then deliver to the client and, and then they can take on. So this is really interesting to me because I was thinking of it more like, either at a larger scale or a smaller scale, um, either like, you know, across the portfolio, which product do we do over another one, which one's more valuable, or um, if, I'm, if we're talking about breaking mm -hmm. the work down, breaking the work down into really tiny bite-sized pieces. And you're kind of somewhere in the middle where I can see where this would be really valuable, both in terms of understanding, you know, one piece against another for the customer and for our company too, if we're developing a skill set, but also around limiting whip maybe limiting whip at the team level mm -hmm. is that something i mean how do you how do you have the conversations about limiting work and process because that's not part of at least in my experience that's not part of the digital culture just throw sure. it all in there we got to do all of it. <laughs> yeah so, so there's that's 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 limiting the work in progress not limiting the work that we will do for a client um, right right so um so that comes down to once we've once we've broken those projects down into you know, specific deliverables, it's kind of educating them at the beginning of look, we we want when we when we start when we unpack some piece of work and we get into it, we just want to focus on that and get it out, get it done and completed because that's that's what we've got in our in our head and that's what everyone's focused on. We know the details. Yeah. We've all been there where we've started something and then either we've gone on holiday or something, there's been a delay and you don't pick it up again for you know two to three weeks. And it takes you another afternoon just to kind of get your head around it and work out where you're going. And then you probably kind of end up doing a little bit in there and um and kind of going down a few blind alleys that you've already been down and then kind of go, oh, yeah, of course we couldn't do it that way. And you yeah. get these, and all of that, you know, in, in, in agile speed, that's all waste. That's just, you know, that's wasted time that no, you know, the client doesn't want to yep. pay for, you don't want to spend and no one benefits from. Um, right. So if you say, well, look, we're, we know from experience that by limiting our work in progress, we can deliver higher quality faster. Um and then and everyone's on board with that then it means that look, we're, we're, when we're starting a a piece of work or a deliverable then you know that's what we're focusing on and we're going to get that done before we start any of these other components um and yeah i i you know i'm a pragmatist as well as um <laughs> as, as an optimist in these situations and i know that you know the pick up one piece of work work on it solidly until it's done and, and then move on to the next isn't um, isn't often reality so maybe we do have two or three um, sort of deliverables in progress for a client yeah. at, a, at a time but 
they're, they're still prioritized and we're you know as soon as the, the first one kind of is, is ready to work on we, you know we're focusing on completing that before um, sort of you know, starting the next piece do you find that this is one of those things where your clients have to actually see it work that way before they trust it um, I think to a certain point, but I think when you have a conversation like the one we've just had, most yeah. I, I'm yet to find anyone who really it. who really challenges it. They kind of go, oh, "Yeah, kind of makes sense." Yeah, okay. Uh, and, and so on on that basis, they're happy to run with it. And then once yeah. they've seen the first, you know, two or three complete, and they get that sense of satisfaction from um, marking it as done and moving on, then um, you know, uh, when, once you get to that stage, there's you know, everyone seems pretty happy. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, the reason that, um, I was asking is because it, it seems to me like in a lot of companies, an individual person will agree with you that multitasking doesn't work. But as a corporate habit, at least in the <clears throat> US, multitasking <throat> is still expected. <laughs> Even though it's not physically possible and every study proves that, we all still expect it. Yeah. Um, and, oh, uh, and I think that's, and that's, that is, that is the nature of the beast. And, it, and you know, if I if I told you it didn't happen when you, yeah, I'm not saying this is my one true way and it works yeah. like this and it never happens, you, yeah, no one's going to believe me. And, you know, quite frankly, they'd be right. But the way that you handle that as a project manager is to um, shield your team from that multitasking. So, um, you know, if there's information that's coming on and they're trying to be pulled onto other bits, then you, you, can, you can say, look, no, we're just focusing on these things, you know, you know, finish this piece of work before starting something else for someone else. And uh, yeah, so, but then, and then on the, on the sort of project management and the client management side, um, clients quite happily will kind of throw in anything and everywhere. And that's your, I always see that's the role of the project managers to take all of that, um, uh, sort of information that's coming at you from every source and organize it in a way that everyone knows it's being captured, but is then put in its place and will be dealt with, at, you know, at the appropriate time. Okay. Um, so I want to ask you some questions about Agile, if that's okay. Uh, yeah. Is there, these are kind of bigger questions. Is there anything that you're aware of in Agile that you've tried that you've just seen flat out every place you go, every time you pull this thing out of your pocket, it just hits like a lead balloon, like some agile practice that does not fit digital agencies. That's a very leading question. So I, um, there's, there's nothing that I have pulled out of the bag that I felt that, um, that sort of hits like a lead balloon. But okay. what I have, mainly because now I'm consulting with, agencies it's much more sort of collaborative approach and we we talk about what they're looking to do and apply something for it but what, okay. I, what i have found though is in um and i think where you're potentially leading to with this question is that I, I really i, I wasn't I, leading anywhere i'm just wondering <laughs> where you think the pitfalls are yeah so i i my, the, the the one the one system that i feel is not well suited for digital agencies is scrum all um, right and that is, I didn't know you were going to go there. This is cool. Anyway, so. yeah. no, that's, that's quite a quite a big opinion of mine that I have. And I know that um, you're obviously a um, you know, certified Scrum master. Well, and, I'm and, a certified <laughs> Scrum trainer, but I, I mean, to me, I would say, and this is part of why I come come at this with the perception that there needs to be a new version of Agile for digital. Like the team thing, that doesn't work. I mean, they don't have teams like that. Um, I think the closest I would hope an agency would get to would be a stable team 
that was working on 15 projects at once instead of 15 people working on 15 projects at once. Yeah, I think that's um, that, that's true. But it, it's where, where I'm where I find that, uh, you know, that that Scrum isn't a isn't a fit for um, for digital yeah. agents is precisely because of the the external dependencies we have with clients. Okay, I find that Scrum is can work really well in a kind of you know almost sort of you know funded startup approach where you know you've got a you've got a load of cash you've got a team and you've got a product that you're building and you've just got to get a plan in place and then work through that to um, and to you don't have the external dependencies on, yeah and and you're using those resources and you've got you know, you know the whole sort of product owner and um who's embedded in the team so you know you're all just working on on one project um, okay and, and if you look at sort of you know the the data around sort of where people have seen success um, in that, and certainly you know, the, um, the guys who, who have Ken Schwab and, and, and co who sort of started up with Scrum, um, that, that's always been in sort of product sense. Um, once you get to sort of agency world where you're you're dealing with clients and all the sort of you know, oh, just a quick question, or can yeah. we try this, or I've, or or indeed, you know, you, you go back to them with a. What, what do you think of this approach? And then suddenly, you know, there's no, you don't hear anything for two weeks because they've gone yeah. on, they haven't told you or, or whatever that sort of thing. You, you, all your scrum planning and or sprint planning rather um, goes to goes to pot in those sort of things, and then you end up again using a lot of time and efforts working around it, which is thus waste and um, isn't isn't helping anyone in what they're. Okay. What they're... So are you falling more on the kanban side then? I do for more on the Kanban side, but mostly because that I, I see Kanban as 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 being very much when well, a lot of the points on the um, on that list, but certainly it's it's it, it's not it's not prescribing ways of working. It's just giving you tips that help you manage a certain way, manage your work. So in the context of sort of visualizing your workflow and seeing everything up in in the open, so everyone's you know, working off the same data set um, and then limiting your work in progress as we've you know, discussed a few minutes ago. Um, yeah. Around sort of actually, if you do pick up on something and you start working on it, don't just leave it hanging, work on it till it's finished and make sure everyone's focused on that because then you know, once, you've, once you've delivered that, you've, you've delivered something of value and it becomes then a, a nice tracking point in the progress of your project. Okay. Um, so can I, I want to ask you the opposite side of it now. Is there a a tool or a technique in the agile space that you feel is sort of like the gateway drug. Like if I can get them to just try this, they're going to love it every time. And it's going to be the thing that gets us going down the path. I think the, yes, there is, but it's, it's really having the, the concept of it. It's the mindset you instill in the people of, um, you know, we, we are still we're all still learning and we're working out what that best way is let's not try and pretend that there's a there's a fixed route that we can we can take um but at the same time these are the metrics that met, that matter to us are we are we doing everything we can to improve those um those metrics and then sort of as i was saying about sort of measuring those those key um um indicators um, and, and sort of ans asking the questions that um that, that they sort of naturally uh, present once you analyze that data okay cool thank you um all right one more do you have time for one more yeah, yeah sure okay is there 
in your opinion, is there a piece that's missing? If we talk about if we talk about trying uh, agile, all the different agile tools and techniques, if we talk about applying them within a digital context, is there something that hasn't been addressed that needs to be addressed that you're aware of? And maybe not. I just yeah. don't. No, sorry, that's a, it's a very good question. Very, it's not one that I really um, specifically uh, considered. So I can't. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Actually. I think it's okay. more. It's, it's usually a case of working with uh, you know, the reality that we find ourselves in, and then uh, and then looking for for a way to um, you know, to to address that situation to uh, deliver deliver the outcomes that we all want. Okay, cool. So, what if they want to get in touch with you to find out how to engage uh, tall projects to help them out with adopting agile? What's the sure. best way for them to do that? So the best way is to look at my, my website, which is toolprojects.co.uk. Um, okay. But quite happy if, uh, if you want to, to drop me an email as well, and that's just edward.toolprojects.co.uk. Okay, and do you work outside the UK as well, or just specifically in the UK? Uh, I have had a couple of clients who are outside the UK, but um, um, predominantly um, they're all they're all UK based. But equally, you know. Okay. But it, it all all depends on the, the client and the opportunity. So I'm, I'm basically <laughs> <laughs> if it's really cool and it's at some place neat, you'll be happy to. Hear. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. All right, cool. So thank you very much for doing this. I really appreciate it. And I'm going to make sure to include a link to um, to the company website and to the article that originally helped me find you. But I, I am very grateful to you for taking time out for this. Thank you. Not at all. I've enjoyed it. Thanks, Dave.